0: America. This is the Jeff Delis Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me F.A. This is episode 11. And episode 11 is titled New York Circus NYC. And for this episode, I'll be discussing Drag Story Hour. Drag Story Hour is a nonprofit organization started out in San Francisco. Now it's making its way around the country. It's in New York and it's causing controversy. We'll talk about that. The migrant crisis continues to cost New Yorkers time and money. Presently, it's costing New York $5 million a day to house and care for these migrants. We'll talk about that. Are New York Democrats planning to raise taxes on New Yorkers in order to save the MTA? We'll talk about that. The MTA is in trouble. Former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick has accused his parents of being problematic and perpetrating racism. We'll talk about that. This is the Jeff DeLeish Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. Welcome. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your ears. Thank you for your time and attention. As I mentioned in the opening, this is episode 11 and it's titled New York Circus. New York is becoming a, a clown show, to my dismay. It's very sad seeing what's what's happening um, and it's time to address it you know one thing in particular that that you know began to just just trouble me trouble my soul is I'm originally from Bushwick Brooklyn I claim East New York your East New York is my is my home and and on on a on a bad day, I'll say I, I I am not from Bushwick, but I am from there, and I do you know go back to the, to the neighborhood every once in a while, you know. And what I saw recently shows me that New York is going in the wrong direction. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Bushwick, it became the epicenter of hipster culture, the art and creative scene. Uh, saw a surge about 10 years ago, you know, Black and Hispanics who had been living there for, for most of their lives were being pushed out and, you know, hipsters, young creatives were moving in. It was bittersweet. But the, the creatives that were moving into the community changed, the, the nightlife scene brought uh, new, new sense of culture brought the arts. There was young entrepreneurs before entrepreneur was, was a it word. It was happening in Bushwick. You know, shops were popping up, artists, you name it was happening in Bushwick. Well, as of late, I'm seeing um, some of the efforts that were being made in in, in the community going in the opposite direction. You know, in particular, I'm seeing murals being vandalized. There's this unwritten rule amongst, you know, street artists and, you know, um, regular artists, you know, that you do not paint over. You do not uh, go over works by other people. You know, if someone puts up a, a mural, and they have access to that space, they got permission, they did it. You have to respect it you know let's say they didn't have permission and they did it but they got the space you still got to respect it because they're your fellow artists you know it's just that unwritten rule well as of late i'm seeing that that rule is not even being respected anymore you know you have graffiti artists are tagging over murals you have haters are, are splattering paint over beautiful murals throughout the community it's getting out of control you know that sense of lawlessness that that has been uh going around new york for the past two years it's now making its way onto the art scene and that's that's a dangerous that's a dangerous thing it's worse it's worse than 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 the crime that's happening because you, you suspect you know new york to have some thugs and some hoodlums but now when they start going after the art scene I mean, if there's no art in New York, there's no New York. If there's no art in Brooklyn, there's no Brooklyn. You know, if you can't respect the the things that make the streets beautiful, then as Jay-Z once rapped, the streets are done. And I'm seeing that and it's out of control. It's becoming a circus. It's out of control. Let's move on, let's get into these stories. Drag Story Hour has made its way to New York and it's it's causing controversy. Now, if you're unfamiliar, Drag Story Hour is a nonprofit organization. They started out in San Francisco and they're making their way around the country and, and abroad. And what they do is you have men dressed up in drag and they go to bookstores, libraries, and public schools and they read to children. There, there's there's been protests surrounding these these readings, you know, it's a political thing now. You know, conservatives naturally are against it. Liberals are like, hey, it's a circus, let it happen, you know. So there there's there's been protests around it. Attorney General Tish James has pretty much stepped out of her role and is sponsoring one of the events, and a few other elected officials are sponsoring events as well. It's 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 kind of the the it controversy gop councilwoman vicky paladino is naturally against it she's fighting it but you know her her opposition are are retaliating she's been booted from from a new york city council panel because she's she's criticized uh drag story hour here's my take And I wanna be clear on this, and I want people to understand that everything has its limits. You know, you you can claim to be progressive, you can be liberal, but you have to understand that everything has its limits. Certain things that are happening now, and it's coming from the LGBTQ community, they're going way too far. In these drag story hour sessions, I I suspect there'll be, you know, little boys who are curious. And of course, they'll look at these men in drag and think, oh, that's a woman. And be, and, you know, boys will be boys. And they'll think that person is attractive. And it'll inspire something in them. And lo and behold, what they thought was, isn't. That's traumatizing to children. That will traumatize these young boys that know that they're not gay, but because they saw what they suspected to be a woman to not be a woman. It'll traumatize these children. You know? And I'm, I'm speaking, you know, for the young boys because, you know, I've experienced, uh, you know, story time. When you're in school, you have teachers read to you. Luckily for me, my teachers were, were, you know, when I was a child, were all women. And, you know, that's what, that's what you expect. You expect your teachers to read to you. Every once in a while, since it was Catholic schools, maybe, maybe a priest or a special visitor will come and will speak to the children. And that was, it was safe you knew what you were getting it was right before you it was truthful now when you have this happening I suspect it's gonna have an impact on the girls too I'm speaking uh, you know I'm not trying to be biased and just focusing on the boys but I suspect the girls will have an issue with it too because what they think a woman is is not that because now you have a man dressed up as a woman with a grotesque amount of makeup and they're presenting themselves to you and their their intention is to make you gender fluid is to make you quote unquote live your authentic selves you cannot present that to children you can't say i want you to be your authentic selves." they are being their authentic selves they like to have fun they like to play games like to run around They like to watch tv they're not thinking about you, you know, uh gender fluidity or I wanna be a boy, I wanna be. I've been a child. It's the last thing on my mind. I want to get home and I wanna watch some cartoons. I want to go home and I wanna eat, you know, whatever snacks I was into at that time, cookies and milk. That's it. That whole gender fluidity, no. And I'll take it a step further you know the last things on on a child's mind should should not even include oh you know racism you know which is which is one of the things that they've been trying to implement in schools I've spoken about it in the past I may be doing a slight 180 uh, on it but you shouldn't be introducing these things to children you want children to be have innocent, pure lives. Let them grow up, let them have happy childhoods. You don't need to be imposing trauma on them, you know? This this story allowed me to do a lot of reflecting on my childhood, and thank God, I never had to experience Drag Story Hour. The teachers that read to me deeply inspired me. When I go and I get a book in the library and, and I wanna read something, I remember, you know, who who guided me in that direction? My mother, a black woman, teachers, you know, the Irish nuns and the the Irish and Italian teachers that were in the Catholic schools, they inspired me to do that. But when I go back, I know they were who they were. It was a woman who told me, I can recall. It wasn't a man dressed up as a woman. I'm not confused by it. Drag queens should not be inspiring children. It should not be happening in schools. Attorney General Tish James has sponsored one of these events, and I'm very wary of her. Remember, Tish James had New Yorkers fooled as you know she she was uh, going after Andrew Cuomo uh, in an attempts to run for governor. She takes out Andrew Cuomo. She she confesses she has a she has a passion to destroy Donald J. Trump, and she's working on these things and. When it's time to run for governor, she says she's not running anymore. She wants to stay attorney general. She has a history of misleading people. When uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned, she got up and stomped her feet and said, you know, I got an abortion, I stomped my feet, I went to abortion clinic and and I got rid of the child in my womb. even though she's attorney general in New York and the overturn of Roe Wade would have no impact on New Yorkers at all. But she did that. So I'm very wary of her. And the fact that she's sponsoring one of these events, just, you know, it takes the cake. Children should not be exposed to this. There are things in society now, I want to wrap up with this. There are things in society that are abnormal you know, that are out of social norms. You know, you can think of the Italian mafia outside of social norms. You can think of street gangs outside of social norms. These are people that live outside the law. Well, if you don't want a gang member reading, coming to your school, reading to children, you should not want a man dressed up as a woman, confused about himself, presenting himself before children. You're only going to confuse the child. You have criminals reading before children, you're only gonna confuse the child. They're not gonna know what is right, what is wrong. You you allowed a gang member to read to me, what's wrong with me picking up a flag? You had a mafioso read to me, what's wrong with calling my mother a goomba? There are things that, you know, you have to be responsible about and keep children away from it. It may exist in the world of adults, but it should not be exposed to children. You know, there's, there's, you name it, the, even in, in the world of music. You know, there are all sorts of, you know, types of music, but it's it's limited. You don't present that in front of children. It's not right. They shouldn't be exposed to it. One of my greatest memories is when the the rap album, uh, Wu-Tang Forever came out. I saw a, a father go into the record store and exchanged the CD. He had the explicit version. He went in and he exchanged it for the clean version. Wu-Tang was one of the hottest rap groups at that time. Now, if you if you know Wu-Tang's history, you know they're not clean cut. But the father liked Wu-Tang, but he was playing the music in his car. He didn't want his child exposed to those curse words. So he went in and he exchanged it. I'll never forget that. I was a child, but I saw a man do what men are supposed to do protect their children It needs to be happening If if elected officials are not going to do it if they're going to play the political game men have to step up Men have to step up and say hey we don't want children being exposed to this Share your thoughts with me. You can email me directly, jeff at jdnewsresay.com. That's jeff at jdnewsresay.com. Or you can comment in the post. This is the Jeff Lee show I'm Jeff, my friends call me FA. This is the Jeff Lee show I'm Jeff, my friends call me FA. The open border policy implemented by Joseph R. Biden, President Joseph R. Biden, is impacting New York. Now, when the migrants started coming into America, crossing the border, they were making their way to Texas. They, They made it impossible for Governor Greg Abbott to properly do his job. They overwhelmed his system and he started busing them to blue states, New York being one of them. He coordinated with the with the government officers and let them know that migrants were coming in. Not out of spite as it's presented, but because he he could not handle all these people coming into Texas. What was happening was out of control. And he called on you know, the other states to do their part. It wasn't his fault, it was President uh Joseph R. Biden wanting to reverse what former President Donald J. Trump was doing, which was building a wall to keep the migrants out. He was doing it with the intention of that if they're gonna come in, they're gonna come in legally, they're gonna be vetted. Were, he didn't want to, just any old person coming into the country. Human traffickers, child traffickers, drug dealers, they all could come in under the guise of migrants. And when you, when it, when it's presented in the media, you tag immigrant on them, and the sensitive person goes, "Oh no, let them in; they're an immigrant," and not know their backs or not know their heart, not know their intentions. But the president, the former president Donald J. Trump, wanted these people vetted. Who are they? What are, what are, what were they doing in their country? You got to know who they are before you let them in. He was considered xenophobic and racist. And when Joseph R. Biden came in, he says, "Well, we're going to stop that." and the country has been overwhelmed. New York has bought has, has the brunt of it. It's currently costing New York $5 million a day to house and care for these migrants. Understand, they come in with no money, some come in with children, some come with their entire family, very little education, no jobs, no place to stay, and they have to be cared for because New York is a sanctuary city. They're coming in and they're pretty much getting a free ride. They were being put into shelters. New York already has a homeless crisis. They were being put into shelters with the homeless. They outnumbered the homeless. And now other spaces have to be created to house these migrants. It's being reported that it's going to cost, over the next two years, $4.2 billion to care for these migrants. That's at the moment. I'm sure it'll increase. There's presently no uh, coordination from the Biden administration with New York to, to help with this. So, a.k.a. Joseph R. Biden is likely not going to fund this. He's not going to do his part, even though he's the cause of it. One of the most uh, popular McDonald's in New York, which was uh, near Times Square, went out of business because of the pandemic. The deed was signed over to New York. And instead of it being converted into a business that will bolster the New York economy, it's being turned into a shelter to house these migrants. The the mayor of New York, who, who's having to handle all of this, is not only uh, turning that McDonald's into a shelter, but th- he's also uh, having them go out to Bushwick, Brooklyn. I mentioned Bushwick, Brooklyn earlier in the episode. This also contributes to the downturn downturn of that neighborhood. Now, this community, which was gonna be a you know an epicenter for 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 arts and you, you know creativity. Film, a beautiful, beautiful nightlife, is now gonna is now gonna be part of this this migrant crisis. You know, the next the, there's gonna be another shelter created in Bushwick, Brooklyn, to house these migrants. Further, <laughs> bringing down that neighborhood, and I say bringing down because these these migrants are coming in and they're not contributing anything. You know, you have a large number; they don't speak the language. They don't have the education. They don't have the the, the money. They have to be, you have to baby them. You have to literally, you know, grab them by the hands and make sure everything, that you take care of everything for them until they get on their feet. And some may never get on their feet. And this is all because of a president who wanted to play politics and not use reasoning. Share your thoughts with me. What do you think of this migrant crisis? What could be done? How would you resolve this? From my perspective, it would have been do not let them in. And I say that as as someone who is of Haitian descent and I know what it's like to have to, to deal with uh folks coming in from Haiti and having to house them, care for them, and get them on their feet. And that's good to help someone. but these same people are probably the most ungrateful people that I that I can ever think of. So I'm sure all of these people that are, that are that have been busted into New York from Texas, I'm sure. All of this help that they're getting, at some point in their lives, they're going to they're gonna badmouth the city, they're going to badmouth leadership, they're going to be as ungrateful as... Not all of them. But you're going to have a few who, who just don't appreciate that. Or you're going to have a few that just go into a life of crime. All of that could have been easily prevent- prevented. Build a wall, keep them out, follow proper procedures. This is the Jeff Deliche Show. I'm Jeff, my friends call me. Jefe. This is the Jeff DeLea Show, I'm Jeff, my friends call me Hefe. The MTA is in crisis again. The MTA is in crisis again. The MTA which got a bailout during the pandemic is still short of money. And the governor of New York and Democrat leaders are mulling over the possibility of bailing them out either they're going to have to bail out the mta or tax new yorkers because the mta is in trouble now the issue with the mta is there's low ridership there's low ridership because a lot of people are working from home because of the pandemic and there are people that are skeptical of getting on the subway system because of the crime on the subways all that's impacting uh, the MTA's bottom line. And of course, I'm sure, although it's not being reported, a lot of poor money management is having an impact on it. The MTA has been poorly run for as long as I can remember. I can reflect back to my time growing up in Bushwick, Brooklyn, and there was a subway station that had been closed and still is closed till this day in that neighborhood. It's never been repaired. It's never been improved upon, nothing. It's been closed for as long as I can remember. I can get on the subway and I'm guaranteed to to see see rats, to see trash, to, to see a stench, whether it's urine or alcohol, it's bound to happen. There's never been any efforts to rectify that. There, there are no efforts to keep the subway system clean, which of course will have impact, will have an impact on commuters because you're inhaling all that, that toxic smell. You're having to leave your home and go to work to try to make a living and, and see dirty rats crawling through the subways. You have to see graffiti tagged all over the subway system. You have to see people sleeping on the trains. And when they're sleeping on the train, it's like their home. They got their shoes off. They got, they, they got an entire seat to themselves. And when they wake up, they let everyone know that they're up. It's pretty much their home. This has been going for as long as I can remember. And yet they collect money, billions and billions every year. And now they're in crisis again. It's been poorly run for as long as I can remember. It needs to be an alternative. And I think the, alter- the alternative should be Uber. Uber has done a lot for, for New Yorkers. The brilliant minds at Albany <laughs> should find a way to limit resources to the MTA. And invest in companies like Uber to help New York New Yorkers uh, get from place to place, and it should be cost-effective. That's that's what should be done. The subway system has been a joke for as long as I can remember. It's unclean. It's filthy. It's slow. There needs to be a change. I've been, you know, for people that, that travel. When you go to other countries, and you see how how other other countries how their sub- subway system functions. When you, when I went to uh, the UAE. And I saw how clean their subway system was and how you wouldn't even spot a a piece of gum on the subway, on the train tracks. When you can see that, you can see how efficiently they run their subway system. You say, well, they know what they're doing. My subway system is a hellhole. It's time to make changes. And part of that is limiting uh, the the use of the MTA. Give, give New Yorkers an alternative. All right? Share your thoughts with me. What do you think of the MTA and, and possibly it being bailed out? Or... Taxpayers having to, to foot the bill. Because if they can't raise the money to bail out the MTA, it's gonna fall on, on New Yorkers to to, to taxes are gonna be raised on us, either the the rich or the poor. Someone is gonna to have to pay for this. Share so your thoughts to me. You can email me directly, Jeff at jadnewswest.com. That's Jeff at JDnewswest.com. This is the Jeff show I'm Jeff, my friends call me. Fe. Okay. Welcome back. This is the Jeff Lee Show. I'm Jeff. My friends call me Hefe. Former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick has a new book out. And during his press run, he, he accused his parents of being problematic. He accused them of perpetrating racism. Colin Kaepernick says that, you know, when he was a child, his favorite athlete was NBA guard, Allen Iverson. Allen Iverson famously wore cornrows and had tattoos. And being that he was Colin Kaepernick's favorite player, Colin Kaepernick wanted cornrows as well. His parents refused and said that it would make him look like a little thug. He didn't look professional. And Colin Kaepernick took offense to that. Now that he's older, he has cornrows, he has tattoos, and he says what his parents were saying were problematic. They were being racist. Here are my thoughts. One, Colin Kaepernick is proving himself to be ungrateful to his parents. Colin Kaepernick was adopted by by a white man and a white woman because his black daddy abandoned him and his white mama couldn't raise him. They gave him a good life. His life was so good that he had the ability to make the decision of whether he was gonna play baseball or football. He was able to find a way to, to, to showcase his talents and he ultimately chose football and he made it to the NFL. He was having a decent career until he decided to kneel in protest of the National Anthem. He felt that America wasn't doing black folks justice and he wanted to take a stance against it. That and police brutality. He is no longer playing in the NFL and has made himself a sort of activist. All I see in what Colin Kaepernick is doing is I just see an ungrateful kid, that's all. He's had no impact on the black community with his, with his stance. He's doing what thousands of other local activists do, and they have a far greater impact. His work is equivalent to a prosperity preacher. That's it. He gets all the money, Uh, Communities get a little, little trickle of it. And that's that. Now back to his parents. His parents did the right thing. And it's not racism. And I'll tell you why. The rapper Fat Joe tells a story. He says when he was a kid. He, he, he noticed that all the gangsters in his neighborhood, all the tough guys, all of the outlaws shaved their heads bald. And he wanted to be like them. He wanted to be a gangster. He wanted to be an outlaw. He wanted to be those tough guys. And he shaved his head bald. He came home. His father saw that. His father chased him around the block wanting to whip his butt. Because his father knew what he was trying to do. And his father was against it. If you listen to Fat Joe's music, clearly, you know, he did the opposite of what his father wanted. He's a decent person now. He's celebrated. He, he, he's, he's financially secure. He's, done, he's contributed a lot to hip hop culture. But he still did something opposite of what his, his, his parents wanted. And they wanted him to be a good kid. Alan Iverson as talented as he was as a basketball player was not without controversy he was constantly in trouble throughout his career he could not get along with his coach he had personal issues he had that that he famously tried to rap and put out this record called 40 bars and was just well there was nothing of it that was positive to children you know the people that looked up to him He was very problematic throughout his career. And he can tell you that. As a parent, as talented as Allen Iverson was, as a parent, I would not want my child emulating Allen Iverson. And it's not because of racism. You want the best for your child. And there are people in this country white and black that live outside the law and they carry themselves in a certain manner. And if you emulate them, you're gonna inherit everything that they go through. You're gonna find yourselves in those same troubles. You think of the late Tupac Shakur, who was a gifted art student prior. And then he started making records and he was talking all that gang stuff. And all of that came into his life. He he went to jail, he ultimately uh, was killed. But something that wasn't necessarily ingrained in him, he adopted and it ultimately cost him his life. That's not something a parent would want for their child. Colin Kaepernick should should be apologizing to his parents because they did a good job raising him. There's nothing racist in telling your child, hey, don't do this. Black parents tell their kids all the time, hey, I don't want you doing that so you don't end up like those kids. You know? That's the truth. I can think back to, to the times, whenever law enforcement stopped me in my teenage years, they could only stop me based off how I was dressed. Once, I, once God gave me the wisdom as to what was happening, I changed my presentation, they stopped looking to me. After 9-11, when New York was in, in fear of terrorism, because my, my studies was, uh, would later be around journalism and photojournalism. I would be going around taking pictures of the city. But I also sported a beard similar to Muslims. I encountered law enforcement one time. They didn't want people taking pictures of the subway system. They were unsure what was happening. It wasn't prejudices, it wasn't racist. They were doing their job. I could have been someone there taking pictures with the intention of harming the city. And they want, they want to say, hey, don't do that. If I want to be a radical or or, or, or uh, seek controversy, I can say, oh, they were harassing me because, because I'm black. No, common sense would say, well, New York did, did lose two of its towers to, to a terrorist attack. Everyone has to be on high security. I, I knew not to do it, issues went away. His parents were right, how you present yourself is how you, how people treat you. And it's not based off race. You go to, to African countries, you go to black countries where leadership is black, the people are black, there's still rules set in place. If you carry yourself a certain way, you're gonna be treated a certain way. It is what it is. Colin Kaepernick as a beige, half-white, half-black man was given many opportunities. And he squandered a lot of it, thinking that he was fighting for something. He was fighting for a just cause. In reality, he could have done better work just to inspire people to not do some of the things they were doing. So many of the instances of, of of young black men being victims of police brutality. It's always 50-50. It's always 50-50. And and i and I mean they were doing something they weren't supposed to be doing, and they got they got caught into a situation and things got out of hand. You were someplace you weren't supposed to be, things got out of hand. They, they never go after the people that are actually doing doing what they're supposed to be doing there's always something it is what it is and when you when you give up your career and your, your life you got to have some sort of regret say well i gave up all of this and look, look how my people are living Not learning, they're still doing the same thing. Your parents tried to protect you from all of that. They tried to give you a, a good life so you could have a good future. You know, that's what it is. Share your thoughts with me. Is Colin Kaepernick right? Are his parents problematic? Were they perpetrating racism for telling him not to get corn rolls because they would make him look like a little thug? Or is Colin Kaepernick just an ungrateful, spoiled, beige, half black, half white kid? Of course, you know I lean towards the latter, but I want to hear your thoughts. You know, I'll, I'll wrap up with this I don't even believe Colin Kaepernick anymore. I don't take him seriously. I don't think he's really about it. I see him very much like those prosperity preachers. They've been away from the cause for a long time and they're just here to collect a check. That's it. And everything that they say and do is to get a check. That's it. The most sincere person behind the cause is the one who does it and doesn't seek attention. That's it. This is the Jeff Dele Show. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your ears. Thank you for your time and your attention. Pray for New York that New Yorkers won't be taxed because the MTA can't manage its budget, because leadership can't can't handle the crime, the surging crime. Leadership can't get New Yorkers back into the office. Pray for New York. Pray for New York that this migrant crisis stops impacting the new york economy that the president of the united states does his job and stop this influx pray for new york pray that this drag story hour that liberals keep doubling down on doesn't traumatize or negatively impact children that are experiencing it Ye- Keep in mind that there are parents that they drop their kids off in school and they gotta worry about work, they gotta worry about some that are in school, they gotta worry about other kids that they have, they gotta worry about their, their parents and family members. They have tons of responsibilities and oftentimes don't have the time to, to zone in on what's happening directly in the school because they trust the school system. Pray for those parents. Pray that the circus Pray that this once inspiring city stops beginning a circus and it becomes a mecca again. This is the Jeff Lee Show. Thank you for listening. Next time.